because there's so many millions of little things to fix and there's so many people bought and owned and controlled and there's so much blackmail going on and the shadow government's running everything and so it you know it becomes very very tricky which is why you and i keep telling everyone and everyone else does you have to work on a local level you got to get the states to say hey we're pulling out of the federal reserve hey we're not going to do cbdc's we're going to set up state banks we're going to do gold backed you know there's things that the states can do on a local level um you know we're not going to follow if the who tries to lay down these orders are you ready to stop funding globalists ready to ditch the big box stores and finally buy clean products you can trust that are actually good for you and made in america if you are i have an exciting program for you the freedom buying club you can buy everyday products from cleaning supplies that detox your home to fluoride-free toothpaste you can trust delivered right to your door. They also have my favorite product now, the highest quality USDA prime beef without hormones and antibiotic free from cows raised humanely in the past year without mRNA vaccines. You can trust what you are buying, sized in just what you need, convenient packs delivered right to your door. No more wasting meat when you are forced to purchase your own cow from the ranch. If you are interested in helping your family get healthier while supporting America Made, go to freedombuyingclub.com, sign up to speak with a representative, and they will explain the entire opportunity to you. Remember, freedombuyingclub.com. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Corey Lynn from Corey Diggs coming back to the program. She's a good friend of mine. She I mean, she just does such excellent work. I think if you know of her, you will know what I'm talking about. And we're going to talk about the immunity agreements, the immunity clauses, not agreements, the clauses that these NGOs and these world banks and the business, the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements and all the UN organizations, what they have and how they're operating above the law. And they can pretty much do anything. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Gavi, you know, they they all have these immunities. She's going to talk about it and dive into that. And you'll see with the timeline, first, what these immunities are and when they started and how they were built up and what that means to all of us. It's important. She spoke at the censorship conference that I had. I'm like, this is probably the one of the most important presentations you're going to see all year. And so she's coming back on my program to talk about it. Again, we talked about it a little bit, but she was only half done with the with her report at that point. So now she's done both reports. It's been up for a while. And so we're going to talk about that. And then we get into some solution series and we talk about the Freedom Buying Club and all that stuff. And you can um, learn more about that at the link below. And I also want to remind you to go to sarahwestall.substack.com and sign up there or sarahwestall.com and sign up for my newsletter. And let's get into this phenomenal conversation with my friend, Corey Lynn. Hi, Corey. I got the great Corey Lynn coming back to the program. How you doing? It's good to be here. It is so great to have you. You are one of the best journalists in the world. I'm, I, you just are, and you just really do good work. You write, everybody I know loves your work because you just work your butt off to bring information that you just, it's hard to find elsewhere. You do those real deep dives. You did a report and you also spoke at the the censored conference, which thank you for doing that. That was really great. And, um, but you talked about the immunity 
system that they have worldwide. That was probably one of the most important pieces of journalism out there, period, for people to understand how they're getting away and how they're doing all this stuff. Can you talk at a high level what that was about? And then we can dive into it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, it's actually going to eventually be a five part report and I've gotten two parts done now because you know me, I keep getting <laughs> segued over into other areas I feel I need to cover. Uh, so what it is, and you know what I should do, I should go through the timeline because the timeline is what makes this so significant, but the, but the gist is we've got 76 international organizations that have immunities and privileges and tax exemptions that would blow people's minds and uh, allow them to understand why and how this control framework works and how they've managed to get along with this and operate outside the law for as long as they have. And in addition to that, we also have BIST, Bank for International Settlements, and 63 central banks that are uh, covered under this, not under this particular act on the International Organizations Immunity Act, but in immunities through BIS that extend. And that's another key element to this is, so there's layers to the immunities. So in addition to the International Organization Immunities Act that our Congress wonderfully put through for us back in 1944, uh, we've got headquarters agreements, treaties, charters, NDAs, all these extra layers that gives them even further protections. So then you've got, uh, in some cases, like the UN and OAS, and I'll get into that later, they have the ability to extend to uh, all their organs, their agencies, you know, all their arms. And people that they are working with under, you know, if they're working with them under a certain capacity, and this is kind of how BIS reads as well, um, that those immunities can then extend to them. And in, in the case of OAS and UN, it also extends to the staff and the family members of the staffs. So, and, and I'll get into what those immunities actually are. So people, but, in short, we'll say, because uh, I think most people are familiar with diplomatic immunity, it's very similar to that. I mean, this is how strong they're protected. And we're talking, uh, gosh, it's either 20 or 22 arms of the UN, you know, including all five arms of the World Bank. And then you have all the arms of the Organization of American States. And and then there's numerous other organizations and banks that have these immunities. And so if I go through the timeline real quick, try to be quick. And before think, the immunities, basically, they can do pretty much anything they want. They and they won't be held accountable. They if they break the laws, international laws, do they have to follow international laws? Oh, no, that's all handled internally. So if there's <laughs> here, I can do that before I go through this timeline. Let me let me just tell you what Explain these privileges it, what it means. and immunities are, so people understand. So I have to I have to pull up my notes in front of me here, so I can be exact on this. So 
international organizations, their property and their assets, wherever located and by whomsoever held, shall enjoy the same immunity from suit and every form of judicial process as is enjoyed by foreign governments unless the organization waives their immunity, which they don't do. I've not who wouldn't who would yeah who would waive your immunity right exactly go ahead sue me Uh, no unless like one employee murdered another employee in the office then maybe you want to call and get the cops involved other than that uh their headquarters are even inviolable so uh they have so they can depopulate let's go they could depop do a depopulation mass murder campaign and they would not, according to the laws, they would be untouchable. Right. Because nothing's transparent. All of their documents, their banking, everything is inviolable. So it, it, they audit themselves. It's unbelievable. And in some cases, maybe there may be an organization that says, well, we're going to use this service to audit us. But, you know, it's a service that they're in tight connection with. And now by extension, it's still inviolable. So so they have um, immunity from search and seizure of property and assets. Uh, Archives are inviolable. They're exempt from property taxes, internal revenue taxes, communication taxes, taxes on transportation of persons or property, custom duties, and taxes. The admission of officers and employees and their family members without checks from customs. So, I mean, you start running the scenarios through your head and you, and you see how they can maneuver and get away with everything. That's right. Um, and the there, office- what is the reason that they're allowed to do this? Did you run into anything where they even try to make an argument why this is okay? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into that. So, so the officers, let me, let me just finish getting oh, yes, to these. Finish this. The officers and employees are exempt from legal suits or any other legal action in regards to activities related to work. Uh, employees are exempt from income tax if they are not U.S. citizens or are both a U.S. citizen and citizen of the Commonwealth of the Philippines. Officers and employees of the international organization and members of their immediate families, other than nationals of the United States, require no alien registration or fingerprinting or registration of foreign agents. And if the Secretary of State determines that the continued presence of a person from an international organization in the United States is no longer desirable, or if the Secretary of State wishes to withdraw the privileges, exemptions, and immunities, Uh, they have the power to do so. That's the only thing that's been done with all of these organizations is there were a couple that had um, additional privileges given, and there may have been like one that had a a couple reduced. Other than that, they all have these full-blown. And now, so this kicked off. If, If we go back, and that's why the timeline is important to this, but if we go back to the uh, World War II, okay, when they wanted to put the uh, get the UN going under the guise of World War II, and we need to have peace, and we need to all come together, um, and immediately after doing that, we inter- need to introduce this legislation so that we can give these immunities to the UN and the Organization of American States, who is actually 
older than the UN. They came before them. And uh, it's, it's all because they need to be able to do the work they do without any interference and any interruption and hassle from other countries. They need to move about. So whereas here in the U.S., it's called the International um, Organization Immunities Act. If people in other countries go in and look that up, they're going to find it's either called the same thing in their country or something very similar. There may be like one word changed. Uh, so they're all doing this. And, and so if we look at the timeline, let me just go through the financial end of this timeline because it's really important and this is how they move money. And I, and I should say also Gavi and the um, Global Fund both all UN-based, uh, Bill Gates, obviously. There's several other people involved in that. Everyone always just says Bill Gates. There's a lot of players involved in this, but they they uh, they have full immunities under this as well. Now you tie that in to uh, Big Pharma having no liability, and we have ourselves an absolute disaster. And the we fact have what that- we just had is what what the deal right is. exactly and the fact that we have so many ngos working with and through these organizations where these immunities can extend to now you see the picture so you know haiti so, has something like forty thousand ngos that are screwing around in there are most oh. of those ngos all through these organizations in haiti yeah, I'm just well, saying Haiti, but it's probably I, everywhere, all over the world. It's, it's, yeah, there, I mean, they're, they're just, my God, if you know what I'm going to do one day, Sarah, I'm going to take all my reports and I'm going to pull out all the players lists and just make a master players list. Cause there's thousands. I mean, there's thousands of companies and NGOs that are involved in all of this um as far as how many of them have the protections under these immunities i mean i'd, I'd have to sift through it but you know the top dogs all do rest assured well and they don't so, want to they don't want to rock the cart because they see what happens to people that do and they're sitting pretty with all these immunities and making a boatload of money and living above the law right and this is why they walk around smiling and they're so assured that nothing is ever going to happen to them so and That's and why. you can have congressional hearings all you want, but until Congress revokes these immunities that started what over seventy years ago, and Truman rolled out a butt ton of them, and every president since up until Trump has given immunities. So how it worked is they said Congress put this through and said okay. Uh, Truman gave this great speech, you know, we need to have the UN and yada yada. And then his friend introduces the uh, the day that the UN actually uh, began operating. Um, and I have this in the timeline here. I'm, I'm, I'm spacing his name right now. One of the reps of Congress introduces the legislation for the International Immunities Act on that same day. And then two months later, boom. And so Congress says, yes, we're going to give the president, whoever the president may be now and in the future, the authority to designate international organizations with this Immunities Act. So 
basically crowning them and saying, I give you immunities and privileges through executive order. Done. So every single president has done this, but uh, up until Trump and, and Biden hasn't either. There's no need at this point. I mean, they've got their guys all locked into force. So both Trump and Biden didn't, but Obama did. Oh, yeah. And Clinton. And um, Clinton did quite a few. Imagine that. Yeah. And, and, and that in itself is telling. I actually had originally, so I put together the whole list with the EO numbers, when the organization was founded, when they were given the actual immunities, because they weren't, you know, some of them may have been founded in the 1800s, like OAS, and then they didn't get the immunities until, you know, uh, middle of the 1900s. But I have the full list in the report so people can look at that. And it it's interesting um, seeing all the different in there that are outside of the UN. And uh, like, for example, the, shoot, I can't think of the full name. What's the, the weather one, the meteorologist uh, weather one that's always coming out about the whole climate hoax uh at any rate there they have they have coverage in here so you've got postal you got fisheries you've got basically what would make up an entire industry's infrastructure for civilization so these are who they want to be the rulers essentially oh, and they've yeah. all been operating outside the law for decades it does it map out who the globalists are is what you're saying and wh who the organizations are you think that they will probably end up having yeah but the central bank sits at the top you got this at the top and i have a chart i have a little diagram in there too just so people get the full gist uh but you've got this at the top and then you've got the central banks and the you know the federal reserve the world bank group the insurers and payment systems under them. Then you've got the 76 international organizations, which also encompasses all of the UN. And then you've got thousands of NGOs and corporations underneath them. And so it's this wonderful little pyramid of power. And so if we look at the, the timeline of this, it's very telling because in December, 1913 is when they created the Federal Reserve. And then January 20th, 1930, they created uh, the Bank for International Settlements. 1936, at the Hague Convention, they expanded BIS's immunities. July 1944 is when the International Bank for Reconstruction and Development was founded, which is the World Bank under the UN. October 24th, 1945 is when Rep. Uh, Robert L. Downton, which friend determines, introduced the International Organization Immunities Act, which is, like I said before, the same day that the UN officially began operating. And then December 27th, 1945, same year, a few months later, 11 European countries signed the International Bank of Reconstruction and Development Articles of Agreement, which of course, you know, included the US. Two days after that, is when Congress signed this act into law, giving them all the immunities. Uh, and then February 19th, the following year, 1946, is when Truman began dishing out all of these immunities. 
And then you fast forward to September 1994, which is what I always call the magic year when they really kicked everything into high gear. Um, I mean, I started seeing that pattern a long time ago through my research. A lot of stuff kicked off in 1994. So that was the first BIS board meeting after the Federal Reserve finally purchased shares in the BIS system. So this is what kicked off the central bank system on a global scale. Then and you're saying 1994? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and that was after the Soviet Union fell. Yes. So then we have October 1st, 1997 is when money began missing from the Department of Defense and the Department of Housing and Urban Development which uh, by 2015, it's already, it had exceeded $21 trillion. Missing. Fast forward to, crazy. I know, fast forward to September 10th, 2000, year before 9-11, BIS sent a note to its registered shareholders informing them of BIS's decision to the new restriction on the right to hold shares in the BIS exclusively to central banks which include details about the mandatory repurchase of all shares and the amendments of BIS's statutes that were to be adopted by the extraordinary general meeting held at Jan on January 8th, 2001. So, so now it's just the central banks, right? And <laughs> these people, I mean, they're masterful, aren't they? And then well, they get away with it because they have so much. This is a federal reserve. This is that whole banking system. They run everything. Mm -hmm. And then they're stealing all that money. Where's that money going? That's the big question. 21 trillion. Where, where is that? It's, it's, it's going into this whole global war right now and building the control system and trying to maintain power. So then may, I only have two dates left may, 2002, this created a subsidiary. People will be familiar with this, called the International Association of Deposit Insurers, whereby the Federal Deposit Insurance Company, the FDIC, is a member, along with 91 other deposit insurers. The U.S. Treasury, International Monetary Fund, and the World Bank are a few of the partners. Now, it says in their documents that the immunities extend to their other um I, I can't, I don't have it memorized, the exact wording of that. Um, but but it basically extends to their other agencies. As long as they're doing any work with the bank, relating to the bank, these immunities extend to them. So how protected is that? I mean, we're talking FDIC here, right? So well, then in 2019, go ahead. August 2019 is when we see the big BlackRock move where you know the going direct where the central bank started moving funds directly into the hands of public and private sector spenders uh in a massive laundering scheme and it injected more than five trillion dollars into the uh u.s financial system the following month the u.s federal reserve began a repo loan bailout program by going direct to the trading houses on Wall Street. And in March 2020, hired BlackRock to help them implement that. So this has been planned out for a very, very long time. These men, these families, these bankers got together many years ago and said, 
this is how we're going to take control. This is how we're going to operate outside. This is how we're going to be able to move our money. And we're going to make all these decisions completely outside of governments, but under the guise that, that, you know, the governments are involved. The government says, well, we are a part of the UN. And so this is how they've been able to maneuver all these plays for as long as they have and why people are so damn frustrated that, you know, we don't seem to get very far. Well, our governments look like they're incapable of doing anything because they are. I mean, they're, they're being completely controlled from these outside groups that control everything, all of our money. When somebody mm-hmm. else controls all your money, you're kind of a slave to them. Right. And so what uh, Congress needs to do is revoke all these immunities and privileges that have been going on for over 70 years when it initially you know, was put in place for the purpose of, uh, after World War II, trying to bring countries back together in peace and just make things easier to um, to get things done. But there's no reason why this needed to continue all this time. And now that we know exactly what's happening on with this global takeover, and, you know, I wonder if anyone in Congress today even even knows about this well that's the whole I thing mean, they, all these important <laughs> things that's what i was thinking this whole time it's like you're talking about some of the most the most important thing that's going on one of the most important things going on in the world that's causing our problems and they don't even know about it and then they go talk they just talk about the, the what they talk about is nonsense and they're not talking right. about the things that really matter and 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 it's it's irrelevant it's like saying well we're gonna take this person who's selling drugs on the street off the street right now and that'll save everything but it won't because you still have the main drug dealer and he's just going to keep feeding it out feeding it out to his people to sell they, they got to cut the head of the snake off and this is the head of the snake this if is i mean this out, is it yeah it is so that's why i wanted you to come on and talk about it because it's so important and it, for the longest time it took forever just to get the media and people to even talk about the world economic forum I know they don't talk about yeah they don't talk about this stuff how do we get we could fix this congress could fix it but how do we get to a point where they're educated enough they're smart enough mm-hmm. it's almost like we don't have people who know enough or smart enough maybe it's a courageous thing i don't know but the people who are that do know enough and are smart enough are sidelined and we got a right. bunch of people who just I mean, they just don't know or smart enough or willing to go there. I don't know. Because there's so many millions of little things to fix. And there's so many people bought and owned and controlled. And there's so much blackmail going on. And the shadow government's running everything. And so, it, you know, it becomes very, very tricky, which is why you and I keep telling everyone and everyone else does. You have to work on a local level. You got to get the states to say, hey, we're pulling out of the Federal Reserve. Hey, we're not going to do CBDCs. We're going to set up state banks. We're going to do gold-backed. You know, there's things that states can do on a local level. Um, you know, we're not going to follow if the who tries to lay down these orders. You know, we're not we're not going to abide by that. And, of course, on a citizen level, we all need to say no. So... That's right. It's, we, uh, we have to have the courage, right? And, right. And you did an article, it was Fearless. What was your article? Yeah, on uh, Fearless. So uh, I basically, it's, it's a very short article, especially for me. <laughs> 
but I, what I have in there is my list of lists. So I took all of my resources that I've ever put together that have solutions in them, which is everything from uh, getting meat with no mRNA, no antibiotics, no hormones, to um, shopping necessities, to uh, farmers, you know, finding sources of fresh food, uh, how to connect with local farmers. There's lots of ways to do that. Lots of sites where you can actually search and locate them. Um, and assessing, you know, how to assess which ones are good and not. Tons of healthcare related resources, um, how to obtain medications that we've had a hard time obtaining over here, how to find good doctors who know actually what's going on. Uh, tons and tons of healthcare related ones. Uh, the solution series that I did, we just wrapped up our final episode a couple of weeks ago. So we have a 24 episode series on there people can subscribe to, but they don't have to in order to get these resources. If they go into the, um, to each episode, they can scroll down to the bottom and I have links to all the resources right underneath there. And then there's, um, gosh, a vitamins and supplement list that shows mo most of all your bigger companies who owns them, who's recently acquired them just so people know who, you know, I mean, yeah, you want to know if it's Bayer Monsanto or, you know, who's owning, right. who's owning the vitamins you're buying from, uh, how to find a local bank, silver and gold payment calculator, uh, stuff pertaining to, um, technology, tons of technology tips in here. Did you work of with course. Solari, Solari report, Catherine Austin Fitz on a lot of this uh, on the solution series, uh, we both, uh, so my co-host James White from Northwest Liberty News, we did the solution series and worked with Solari on uh, getting it hosted over on their site. So we ran it on both the Solari report and on my site. Okay. So these, yeah, these other, um, I do have a couple resources in here from them, like the finding sources of fresh food and the... Um, the gold and silver calculator. Uh, but no, most, gold, most of these gold, are. As I said, what's a gold and silver calculator? It is. So that was put together by Catherine and Franklin Sanders. And it's um, <clears throat> to make it easy for people to exchange and transact with gold and silver coins. So, okay. so they can understand, and, start to think differently about their money. Well, you can go in there and you can enter, like, I have this much silver. How does this convert? It's like a calculator. It's pretty cool. Okay. Okay. So, so it helps you understand that you can use your silver as, as money, just like you could use your cryptos right. as money. That right. And we're good. Hopefully we'll go there more mainstream. You know, the cryptos are getting mainstream, but it'd be nice to have the gold and silver be more mainstream. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Although we got bigger coins, so they have to give you change back. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's harder i know so you what else are you doing you're doing another big project i am right now i'm working on one um gosh it's it's i had to break up my whiteboard i haven't had to do that in a while it's a big one it it has to do with the overall control grid and finances and um how they're running things and moving things and there's just a lot of new information and new dots i've connected so 
Um, that'll be out within the next couple of weeks. And yeah. And then just well, doing okay. The- People have to read your stuff. It's so good. Where can they read this? Uh, at coreysdigs.com. It's C-O-R-E-Y-S-D-I-G-S.com. Yeah, and I so have my, my weekly reports. So I have a link on there um, called podcast, which links to, um, you know, some of them don't always work. I have the feed where it pulls in from like rumble and gab and soundcloud in the different places, but some of them all of a sudden I'll go in and I'll look and they'll be like the last three episodes are missing. I don't know what's going on with these feeds, but but at any rate, you at least have the main links are on there so you can figure out which platform you want to go to. Because I do that with the uh, Sharp Edge every week. We cover reports and what's going on in the news and stuff. Okay, and sometimes we bring people on. That's really awesome. Okay. And I also want to talk about the Freedom Buying Club because you got me involved in that. And you've been bugging me for a while to get involved. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm so busy. And then I started digging into it. I'm like, <laughs> and then you started, then you were talking with Sarah. You get this is not, this is awesome because it's a, you know, you can buy stuff that's not affiliated with the global, um, these big globalists and the big box stores. And then you, when the meat came on, I was like, okay, I have to get involved. I know. I so know. You got, okay, you're the culprit in getting me involved. So talk about <laughs> the culprit. <laughs> you're the culprit. And when, <laughs> hey, when people buy, they help your work too. And that's, important i think and that's what i like about it cool that's what's so cool about this is everyone can pull away like we you know people will say well let's boycott okay great but let's also support one another and i mean support one another like everyone can support one another in this um so i was actually on a trip to tennessee with my good friend sandra and we were going to one of the rogue uh, rogue food events. And uh, those are super cool if people haven't checked those out. So they, they usually do like two year. Uh, they've done them in Tennessee and Florida. Um, not sure if they've done them in other states. But at any rate, we're on our way there. And we're talking about solutions and all this stuff. And she starts telling me about uh, this shopping club she's been shopping at forever. Like a couple of decades. And I'm like, Why haven't you told me about this sooner? You know, I'm sitting here constantly trying to get solutions out to people. This is freaking brilliant. So I'm like, I got to dig into this. I got to dig into the owner because you know me. I got to dig into the owner. I got to look into all this. I got to um, get some of the products. I got to try them for myself because anything I have on my site that I share with people as resources, you know, these are resources I use myself. So I, I got the, I fell in love with all of the cleaning products and I had at the time I had, uh, cause I've been shopping for over two years now and I, I recently had to put down both my cats. Um, and if you have pets and you know, the kind of stains they can leave. So I tried this stain remover was the first product I tried. I was like, holy crap, this got yellow bile out of my white comforter. I couldn't believe it. And so I start using the other products and the hand soaps and the pump soaps and, oh my gosh, the mouthwash, the cinnamon peppermint mouthwash. Anyway, so I fell in love with the products and I'm like, I got to let people know about these resources. And it's funny because I kept saying, why doesn't he have meat? The owner's a rancher. Like, why doesn't he have meat? Hopefully that's coming one day. And and one day maybe we could get toilet paper, but that probably won't happen. <laughs> 
But I mean, it is the bulk of the main household necessities. There's there's like over 400 or 500 products in there and um, snack items, vitamin items, essential oils, makeup, even though I never wear makeup. Uh, uh, you know, there's just, there's so many awesome products. And then this year, there it was, the meat. And I go, okay, I need to verify. I need to verify this. It's going to be, I know it's already never, ever hormone or antibiotic, but I need to know this is going to be never, ever MRNA because that's what we all care about right now. And so I got that verification straight from the top. And here's what's really cool. This is why I like them so much. It's all manufactured right here in the US, everything. And I, like supplies I'm talking. And I mean, obviously the ranches as well, but it's the whole supply chain. They control the whole supply chain. And what I love is that they don't advertise because that money that they save and the BS propaganda that you know would end up spinning out of this insanity world right now is that's money that goes right back into the pocket of everyone else to be able to you know save and get everything affordable. And I love that they don't do... Um, you know, like 70% of the products I'd say are totally clean. 30% maybe have like one or two ingredients that aren't necessarily what people would want who are super, super clean, but they're not toxic. Like they don't have um, the formaldehyde and the bleach and all the... Um, they're better, I I, right? I can't I mean, even think better of what the than other what you find. Just, yeah, you, they're better than what you find in the big box stores. And if you're going to find Fresh. look for these clean products, they're usually yeah. pretty, the really good ones are usually pretty expensive. And this yeah. is more affordable in line with that level of product. You, yeah. you can get cheap stuff cheaper, but not quality stuff cheaper. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, one thing I learned. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love is that they control everything. They literally have their own scientists, their own labs, like they're, they're, they're making it. It's fresh. It's not sitting on a shelf for a year. And then the meat, oh, the meat's delicious. Is it good? It's so good. So um, what I like about that too, is they're actually cheaper than the other ones. Cause I had ordered from some of the other ones before um, that do like the monthly or the every other month sure, yeah. programs that ship out. And they're actually more affordable and all of theirs is like prime and high choice. But what I really liked is that they've got it's they're all pasture raised with their moms. Yeah. You know, there's like, it's so humane. Well, and, I know that if you get a package, cause you can get it once every other month or once a month yeah. or whatever, you can skip months any time you want. So you, it's less expensive than buying a half a cow or a quarter cow. I think if you're the type of person that doesn't go through it, like I don't, I've bought right. a quarter or half cow and I just, I end up wasting cause I don't use it all. But yeah. some of the things I do use the most are like the ground beef. So if you get a package of, you know, it might be the $85 for a package for the month or hundred bucks for the package. And you get it, you use it every couple months. You can add on for only $5 and 50 cents, a couple pounds per pound is the ground beef. That's really inexpensive to your door. Right. Um, hormone free. Yeah. It includes the shipping. All, all that stuff. That's really inexpensive for that. That's what you can add on. Now the actual yeah. original price isn't that low, but when you do the add-ons, especially the ground beef, 
So if you're mm -hmm. a person that uses a lot of ground beef, that's really a good price. Cause if you go to um, Sam's club or whatever, that's what you get at Sam's club, you know, and, and that's not that kind of quality, but if you go to like whole foods or something, you're paying a lot more for it. And you're still not probably getting that quality. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I'm telling you there's, there's so many good. So what I've done over time seeing all of this coming is I'm like, okay, here are the things I need to work on. I got to find like my local farmers and places for produce and certain, you know, certain items there. I need one place I can go to, to get the majority of my household necessities. I want one place for meat. I, you know, unfortunately I don't have a homestead or a farm and I don't, I can't just like walk across the street to a farmer. And I'm sure most people are in the same situation as me. And that was kind of my point in the fearless article is, you know, we've all got our different skills and talents and we all have different things that we're able to do, but then we have to source out. We just don't want to source out to government and the big box stores and rely on the globalists that are trying to build our enslavement system. We want to support one another and support the local farmers and, you know, support the American made and yeah. So it's really important. And when you do that, then you have this, at least for me anyways, I've built up these kind of different systems where I kind of have more of a comfort zone, like peace of mind. If shit hits the fan or something, I know I'm covered here. I know I'm covered there. So I think that's really important for people right now is to just um, to get out of the fear and just feel really more, a lot more self-reliant. Yeah. And, and to feel that you, if when things go down, if they go down, you're going to be fine. And to get past that fear, because everybody's, people are kind of on edge. There's a lot of fear. And I think we need to get past that and just start creating new. Yeah. Really, Cause that's what really they're do, feeding it's on. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's just, we got to get past this crap and just, it, just, you we're done with you and we're going to create some new stuff. Right. So, so thank you so much for coming today. Your work is phenomenal. People need to check it out, especially your your reports. It's like, my gosh, the work is just great. So again, where is, do they find that? And well, yeah, so I'm on, uh, goodness, I'm, <laughs> I'm back on Twitter. My first account was crashed. My second account is Corey Diggs. So I don't have the S after Corey on that one. And then you can find, like I said, I have a link on my website to my podcasts. So you can find that where, you know, I got booted from YouTube. So, uh, on, <laughs> so did I, <laughs> I'm back there. I'm back there now. I think I have 200. Are you really? Yeah. I think I have 250 subscribers. That's my third channel. Uh, I can't even, I can't even attempt it. It won't even let me attempt it. So well, you have to create a new uh, identity. You can't uh, come back. As right. Yourself. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. So yeah. I'm on, um, but yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Gab. Uh, I have a Telegram account. I use just to share, you know, my reports. Um, Rumble, of course, BitChute, all of that good stuff. And I do have a, it's a free monthly or not monthly. It's a free newsletter. You just enter your email. I do not give anyone's emails out. And uh, it just notifies you when I drop a new report. And then I'm also on Patreon. 
anyone who wants to support my work. Oh, and I have a bookshop. There's several PDFs that are free in there. And then I took, um, cause so many people started asking me for my large reports. Yeah. If I could, you know, PDF them. So when I write them now, once I'm done with that and formatting them to the site, I then format it into a PDF and it's just, it's, you know, they're like between three and $9. They're very inexpensive. Uh, so those are available for downloading my bookshop as well. Well, thank you so much, Corey. I really appreciate you coming to the show and uh, you're, I'm going to have you back. So <laughs> you'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good talking with you again. It was great being here. I appreciate it. <laughs>